Social Authority is sponsored by AWeber.com. Send emails that connect you with your audience, build brand authority, and cultivate fans. Right now, you can get a no-risk 60-day free trial and download your official Getting Started Guide so you can start growing your business with email marketing today. Visit SavvySexySocial.com slash AWeber to get started. Social Authority is also brought to you by Social Authority Membership Group, my official group coaching program for growing brands who love the journey of building a business while surrounding themselves with people who connect them to greater success. Right now, you can dive into exclusive trainings like a course on growing a big, sexy email list or even a class on five critical steps for your podcast launch. Visit socialauthoritymembership.com for details on how you can become a part of our community. Welcome to the Social Authority Podcast. This show is for you, a rising star ready to produce your authority and share it with the world. On this episode, we will be discussing the secret to getting on someone's radar when it seems impossible and how it's connected to how I got started with video content creation in the beginning. I'm Amy Schmidauer, a business coach, public speaker, and creator of the YouTube series Savvy Sexy Social. And I've always wanted to be fluent in Spanish, but have never really gotten past level three. Well, at least that's what they called it in high school. Thank you so much for passing me, senora. We got a lot of stuff to go over today. We're going to dive straight into our authority action. This is a tip you can do immediately after listening to the podcast to help you build your brand authority today. Today's authority action is say what you want people to do or Call the action, call the freaking action. So many times we're creating content and doing all these things and and we are listening to the thought leaders and the people that are trying to give us direction on how we can get our, our audience's attention, but we just think that that stuff is just hanging out and doing a good enough job of letting people know what we want, but it's just not. I can create a video on my YouTube channel, but until I give those viewers something to do and say it explicitly, they're just going to watch and love it and then go on their merry way. You have to ask for the things that you want, because if you want results, it's going to be directly correlated to how well you ask. We hear about this a lot in sales, right? If you don't ask for the sale, you're probably not going to get it. You can continue to take somebody to coffee. You can continue to do all the things that sort of make somebody excited about you and getting to know you and knowing your personality. But if you never ask for what you're hoping to do together, you are not going to get it. So I thought about this tip because I know it may sound obvious, but even people that are super close to me and to people who are helping them get more connected to success and lifting them higher can forget this sometimes, including a social authority member that I spoke with just yesterday. See, we were doing our monthly mastermind meetup where we do a live Q&A on video, and she was talking about how she's doing a lot of the right things. She's got all these great um, lead magnets and social media presence and a podcast and all these things in place, but maybe her list isn't growing quite as much as she'd like it to. And I asked her, well, are you 
doing anything on the podcast to promote the email list. The The podcast is brand new. So there's a lot of traction happening in new and noteworthy. It's a time for podcasters that you tend to get a little bit more elevated numbers because iTunes is helping to promote you and get you in front of new people. It's a great opportunity to start growing the list as you should be throughout the entirety of your podcast, but that's a different story. And I just said, you know, what are you doing to promote that on the show? And it was being done in a way that potentially could could work. But if you're mentioning it one time and half-heartedly and it's not very clear or compelling, people are just not doing it. And case in point, people are just not doing it. Fairly good numbers happening with the podcast, but nobody's joining the email list. And I said, you know, you've got to call the action. You've got to say it out loud. You've got to take it very seriously. So seriously, in fact, that I recommend it be the sponsor of your show. And think of it, you know, a lot of podcasts, they have these sections of the show where they have to drop in sponsor information because that's the agreement that they have with that organization. So it's a pre-roll, maybe a mid-roll and a post-roll or one or two or three, all three of those. You have these different sections of the podcast where you can drop them in. Use those as an opportunity to talk about your email list. Think about it. What a great deal for your listeners that the sponsor of the show is, hey, I created a free resource for you to check out. Go join my email list. It's a very easy way to program yourself to talk about that very important call to action you need people to take. It may not actually be dollars yet, but if growing the list equals dollars over the lifetime of your business, yeah big priority. So the idea was, hey, why don't you drop them in as the sponsor or drop them in, drop your email list in as a sponsor. And it was just that moment, that light bulb moment. It doesn't matter if you actually do it that way or not. The point is that you're taking the ask more seriously to have people go and do it. And that's truly what the takeaway is here. If you don't say it, they won't do it. If you don't say it, they won't do it. So I want you to take this very seriously seriously today. Your authority action is to just say what you want people to do. Because if you don't, they're just not going to. You cannot assume that they know the best, right? You cannot assume that your podcast audience knows you have a membership group. You need to say it. You cannot assume that your viewers on YouTube know that you have an email list they should join. They need to know every time you talk to them if it's that much of a priority for you. So say it. Do it. This is your authority action. It will help you build brand authority immediately. Go to the network you have right now and tell them what they can do that will not only connect them to greater success, but help you as well. Next up, I'm going to share a little rant about the current state of Twitter. But first, some love for our sponsor. You know, I have an email policy that is open to all of my subscribers. Amy's Elite is what they're called. Anybody that's subscribed to my email list is known as Amy's Elite. And I love when people reply to my emails and just tell me that something resonated with them or that they're doing something to be more successful or whatever the case may be. Sometimes it's just, thank you so much for this. And the funny thing is that I do often get replies to my broadcasts that go out. The ones that I get the most are from my autoresponders. So if you don't know what an autoresponder is, there are emails that are automatically programmed to go out that I created one time and go out when somebody has subscribed to my list and just depending on the length of time. 
that they've been on the list, they will get an, an automatic email. And it's very cool because there's some information I want everybody to know about my brand. And if you're new to the list, you may not know about it. So these autoresponders are so handy. And I cannot tell you how critical of a role AWeber has played in me being able to build these relationships with my email subscribers because it's easy to just send out all kinds of different emails to your list, but there's some staple information that they need to know about you. So AWeber and the functionality that they bring to the table has completely changed my business. If it wasn't for these relationship building emails, these autoresponders, I don't think I would be able to do business the same way with just having a plain old e-list because just having a list is not enough. You must nurture it. So I want you to take advantage of the opportunity to try this on your own. No risk, 60 days totally for free with AWeber by going to SavvySexySocial.com slash AWeber. Give it a try. You are going to love the relationship you have with your audience because this tool allows you to make it happen. Visit SavvySexySocial.com slash AWeber. So I want to talk about Twitter a little bit. A lot of people have been stressed out lately or just like to have something to complain about when it comes to the algorithm and all the things that are changing so that Twitter can, t- can continue to stay relevant. None of that stuff's really bothered me. Honestly, I've been pretty annoyed with not Twitter, not the people of Twitter, not the platform of Twitter, but the people using it for some time. Yet it has such a special place in my heart and I just want Twitter to be the awesome thing that I love and have loved since 2009. And um, so I've really been on a mission to be the change I want to see. I have, you know, kind of wrestled with this too, because I also share advice with all of you about how you can effectively have a social media presence and scale that action and be able to set time to market and then uh, not have to sit on social media all day. So there's amazing tools out there. But I've also really been having a hard time using those tools because I noticed that what bothers me about Twitter the most is the fact that it's turning into a place where people are automating everything. Even Instagram links annoy me. And yet they're effective because people love to click those Instagram links and then go find you on Instagram. But they still annoy me because the likelihood that you got to your point in 120 characters before that Instagram link is not very good. And so we have a sentence that doesn't even end. And I have to click the link to find out and see the picture in the first place. It's just a lot of stuff. That's not even the big issue. That's like not that bad. It's just a lot of scheduled links. And yes, very effective for getting you more traffic to your site. But what concerns me is that there's a lot of links going out and people think they have a Twitter presence because they have regular links being tweeted out. A good example of this is people posting to Facebook and having a grand old time on Facebook and automatically tweeting the things that they post on Facebook, which is seems like a great idea. seems like a great shortcut, but indeed it is not. It's not that. It is the worst thing ever because you're basically telling Twitter, I don't give a crap about you. Here's what's happening on Facebook. Come over here if you really want to hang with me. It's like, what's the point of even having the Twitter presence? And if you don't feel that way and you really are saying, I want people to see what's happening on Facebook, but I plan to engage on Twitter if the occasion arises or when I make a point to do so, that's not happening. 
You go to anyone's profile, I guarantee you, if they are in the habit of syndicating their Facebook activity, the likelihood that they're engaging with people on Twitter is not good because they never have to show up there. They just keep posting there and they call that a social presence. If you're doing that, I'm telling you, you are only making your brand look stupid on Twitter. You're probably crushing it on Facebook, but you look stupid on Twitter. But it's not even just about that either. It's also about automatically scheduling blog post links and posting the headline and posting the link and, and ho- maybe even adding a photo to get the traffic to, to be more, inc- uh, you know, more of a chance of it, more, more uh, eyeballs in the newsfeed, but nothing else. So the reason why this has been bothering me so much is because I really want to go to Twitter and just listen to people and I want to talk to people. But when I go and I'm trying to listen, but all it is is press releases of people's blog posts and, and everything and nobody's actually having a real conversation, it's very hard to engage. And I've gotten to a point now where it's not good enough to just look at people's uh, updates on my timeline. I have to go into search and find keywords that might be happening in a real conversation so I can try to bypass this whole link vomit situation. So being the change I want to see, I am no longer using schedulers on Twitter. I have two Twitter accounts, which is sort of the bane of my existence, but there's a reason. So I'm maintaining that. Savvy Sexy Social is basically just a newsfeed. Like I said, you know, all links, but that's been the purpose of the, the account. So It doesn't bother me that much that that's the purpose of it, but I'm not scheduling anymore. It's a newsfeed. If you want to know what the latest video is, I'm putting it out one time on that, on that profile. And here's the link. Here's the new video. Check it out. And if you talk with me on that account, I will talk back. But most of my social media presence for Twitter is on the Schmatastic account, which has been my Twitter account since I joined. And that's where I spend a lot of time talking to people, listening to people, posting things they actually want to see. I don't know if you remember this, but when Twitter was created, you know, the question that they prompted you with for the status update is, what are you doing? And it's like, yeah, what are you doing? Because it was this really cool thing to see that we could be posting what we're doing right now and one person might be doing the laundry while somebody else is climbing a mountain, while somebody else is pitching a startup, while somebody else is walking the dog. Like that's what made Twitter so cool was that real time, here's what I'm doing while you're doing that in the world. And that's why it's not about the links. I don't have a problem with links. Obviously, I post plenty of links to my Twitter account to let people know when I've got new content available or something available for sale or something available to attend. But it can't be everything because if I don't spend any time just hanging out with you on this network, then I'm a jerk because we're supposed to be attending this party that's called Twitter and having a good time together to get to know each other so that those other things will actually matter to you. So, I, I really had a hard time with this the other night because every once in a while, not a whole lot, and I do recommend this if you have zero following, but I definitely try to do this even as my following continues to grow, is set aside time to research people that I would like to get to know and find out what they're already talking about so that I can chime in. And I'll do this by searching profiles and searching for keywords in search to see what people are talking about. Good example, I'm doing a local workshop. So I thought, I think this workshop, not really a workshop, it's a mastermind, but I'm doing the local mastermind. I want to search for people locally who I think this would be a good fit for. 
first I thought about fitness people and then I thought, oh, not a good time to search for fitness people right now because the Arnold Classic is happening and people from all over the world are in town for fitness. So um, the likelihood that the content is going to actually be somebody from Columbus, not very good. So I'm not going to search for fitness people, but how about real estate agents? So I started searching real estate agents in the local area to see what they were tweeting about just to go to their profile and do nothing else but listen and talk back. Not, here's my event, not, have you seen my YouTube channel? Not, I could really help you, you suck at this, because trust me, I could have said that many multiples of times. Because it drove me insane that I was finding all of these accounts, lots of repurposed Facebook links, zero engagement, no pictures, unless it was a picture of a house, And I get it. You want to promote your properties, but what else? Are you a human being? Do you do things for fun? Do you think about doing things for fun if you don't have time? And it was just really, really hard to find people to just talk to. And I didn't even want to talk at them. I wanted to listen. It's, I spent an hour and a half with a goal of having touch points with at least 30 people. But as fast as that could have been, it should have been one person a minute. Go see a tweet, think it's interesting, reply to it. But because I went to so many profiles that were disheartening and I just could not, I couldn't even find a way to reply to things because it was so stand on your soapbox and preach. Like, here's a house you should buy. Okay, like how do we have a conversation about that? I'm not really in the market to buy a house, but I'd really love to get to know you, right? It's so frustrating and it bothers me. And I want you, if you're listening, and I'm so grateful to you for listening to my rant about Twitter and and for taking me seriously. If you're on Twitter and you take it seriously whatsoever and you think that this could absolutely be a way to communicate with your audience, whether it's to be discovered or not, I challenge you to think about how many of your tweets on a regular basis per day, percentage-wise, are promotion versus conversations. We can call it engagement, but for now, let's just call it conversations because I'm actually kind of worried about what marketers are doing to people about the word engagement, making people scared of it, making it sound like, oh, I have to set aside time an hour and a half to reach out to people and engage. No, 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 no. And I even addressed that on the YouTube channel this week because somebody pointed that out. It's not about that. It's recognizing the fact that the conversations you're having, just regular banter, regular human beings being human beings to human beings is engagement. So when was the last time you did that? And is that a greater percentage of things happening on your Twitter account than just links? Because I promise you this whole Twitter algorithm situation that's happening, if you want it to play in your favor, Talk about things worth listening to. Reply to people that you let know are valuable to you for whatever reason. You may not even know that they're of, of a certain kind of value yet, but they're a human. They could potentially send people your way if they are not your customer. Value them by having conversations with them. Rise to the top of this algorithmic newsfeed by sharing something fun, interesting, personal, valuable. Be a connector. I promise you, no matter what happens with any social media platform ever, any change that they make will be in your favor when you 
appreciate the context and how people like to be communicated there. End rant. We're going to wrap up with a little audio from the season finale of Scope Past Sunday, a live show I've been doing for 27 weeks with my friends Vincenzo Landino and Subi Zimmerman. And this is going to help you answer the question of how to get on someone's radar that will make them love you. And also why this ties into why I started creating video in the first place. Before we get into that, a little love for our sponsor. So you've probably heard of Social Authority at this point, if not the name of the podcast. Also, my group coaching program, Social Authority Membership Group. Some of the best work I think I've ever done. But what's even more cool about this group is that we do get together in person every once in a while. And that event that I told you about, I think on the last episode, the Columbus Mastermind that we're doing here uh, next weekend with Vincenzo Landino as the guest presenter, guest uh, advisor, I guess you could call him, is going to be probably half full of social authority members. And I am so thrilled about that because we really get to mastermind with each other online all the time, but getting in person truly changes the dynamic and it's so special. And because annual members are able to have an event totally for free as included in their membership, This is a huge opportunity because all they got to do is get here. And if they're already here, then they just got to stop on over and join us for the day. And we're doing this mastermind. So there are so many great advantages to this group. But more than anything, it's continuing to surround yourself with people who make you better, who get you closer to success, who help you avoid the failures, who lift you higher. And it is just such a pleasure for me to be able to curate and advise for this group. If you are thinking that you need a little boost in this very hard work of growing your business, I hope you will consider working with us at Social Authority. Go to socialauthoritymembership.com to find out more details. So I wasn't planning on this being a segment of the podcast this week, but it just sort of spilled out of me in such a way that I thought I need to share this with social authority. And that was a little chat that I did on Scope Past Sunday, a live show that I do um, on Sunday mornings with Subi Zimmerman, Vincenzo Landino. We were rounding out season two, came to a close. And Sue was using me as a case study during her part of the show to talk about how the Ask Gary V book review that I did had benefited my Instagram presence. Because if you don't know, Subi Zimmerman is known as the Instagram expert. So she was using that as an example. And it just turned out that I ended up sort of continuing this story during my part of the show. And as I was talking about the fact that I made this video, I really felt compelled to talk about why I did it. Because on the surface, it can look fairly self-congratulatory. Like, oh, guess what? Sometimes I sing songs and nobody knows it. So surprise. And also I made up a song about a book and promoted it. Like it just kind of is on the surface kind of odd. It's like, what is somebody supposed to learn from this? And what I ended up sharing was a story about how I started creating video in the first place. And that really special moment and light bulb moment really that happened for me that made me think, gosh, I want to continue to do this. And it also is a lesson in 
um, how to get on someone's radar in a way that they actually will not only embrace you, but just be tickled to death. And, you know, building real relationships and and doing stuff like this, it's not something you can scale. It's not something that's easy. So I'm going to expand on that a lot more. I just wanted to sort of intro it and give you an idea of like, why are we listening to this right now? Um, Because I think there are a few lessons to be learned here. And who better to share it with than you, of course, and I appreciate you for listening. Uh, keep in mind that I was smart enough to put my lavalier mic on for this scope past Sunday for the first time in like weeks, but um, there's a little bit of rubbing. You'll get past it. I promise you the value is uh, worth the small, small distraction, but here it is. So that was really nice of Sue to talk about me during her session. I think that was um, pretty cool that that um that she thought that much of me to talk about it um it's been a very interesting week and um the story's pretty much true the first that first music video i did in december of 2013 was a really big surprise to everybody especially me and um and so it was kind of fun to be able to do that again i haven't done one since it's crossed my mind because it was so well received at the time that I should do it again at some point. Um, But it just didn't happen until Gary wrote another book. So anyway, you know, that's good. I don't know, it was fun. And um, yeah, I think, I think when, when you talk about like heart, I think I like that Sue brought that up because when you talk about heart, the reason why I did that video is I think the same reason why I started like making videos in the first place. If you don't really know this, the first video I ever made, like the very first one ever, and it's not on YouTube, it's not online anywhere, was just an idea between a friend of mine and me who uh, were in a wedding party for our other friend that we went to high school with, and we just started going around town where we grew up and getting little clips of people saying like, congratulations. And it was so crazy. Like I was using my Canon digital camera, the kind of digital camera you used to have to take on vacation with you. And it just so happened to have a video option. And I just so happened to have an editing program on my desktop computer, Windows Movie Maker. And I just stitched together all these clips and I made like a little opener um, with a copywritten song and an actual copywritten song, not one that I was singing, was like, what, who, who, who was it? Time of Your Life. Who sings that song? It's not called that. It's called Good Riddance. Who sings that song? So it was just this music video, and we played it at the rehearsal dinner. And, and what was fun about that was that, like, we, thank you, Green Day. What was fun about that was that we went to all this trouble, but it was so fun And then to be able to sit in the rehearsal dinner and unveil this video and watch the whole family, not just the bride, like trip out over it. That's what made me want to start making videos. It was kind of cool to be able to like 
And not to mention, I wasn't even in that video. <laughs> I don't even think I wished her. To, I had to have. I, there had to have been a clip of me wish, wishing her well. But it was just like, this is so cool. Like, I did this. I created this thing. And it made everyone in this room smile, if not cry a little bit. And that was a really cool feeling. So I just liked the idea of creating something that made people happy. I, I honestly, like, that is why I make videos. And it's kind of a sickness to this point because I will actually see comments in YouTube on a YouTube video of them specifically like LOLing about us one point, like one thing. And it'll make me want to watch my own entire video all over again. So I don't have like this feeling of being weird about watching my own videos again, because I feel like when I'm watching it back, I'm reliving that moment with them because it truly goes back to why I do it in the first place. So, um, this week was really fun and uh, the video was a lot of hard work. As you'll hear in the behind the scenes video, it's a lot of work to create music. It's a lot of work. Oh, the comments finally turned. That's great. Um, I'm, I, it's very hard work, very hard work to have to sing, approve your own voice <laughs> and musically engineer it and end up with a product you're happy with. It's really, really hard. And I, and you know, of course I would go back and I could work on that song for days, weeks, months before it's actually right. But I, it, you know, it's, that's not why I did it. And, um, and the video obviously is easier for me cause I do that. But I think if there's a lesson to be learned here, it's something very specific, especially Gary. If you're familiar with Gary, um, and I'm just sort of riffing right now, like I wasn't really planning on talking about this this week, but if you're familiar with Gary, the one thing that you know about him is that he is a Nazi of his time. And, you know, when everybody said they were watching House of Cards this weekend, he was like, boo, I'm working, you know, and it's, it's true. Like, that's true. And I think if you want to get on someone's radar like that, the very last thing in the world that you want to do is ask for his time. And so I know that very well. Um, the only time that we have met was when I bought books and you know how he does his negotiation for buying books. I bought books when Jab, 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 Right Hook came out in order to negotiate driving him to the airport when he was visiting Columbus. So even that, he was going to have to do that anyway. It wasn't like I took him somewhere for lunch or made him take extra time. I did everything um, as it would fit his schedule. And this guy doesn't even watch his own videos back. I don't think he's ever watched his own, his own episodes of wine library TV. I don't think he's ever watched a single ask Gary V episode. He's probably mostly watched daily V because he has to approve a lot of that content that gets in there. That's a lot of time for him to be watching 20 minute videos. Even if they are just him, that's a lot of time. But for me, if I, if I know that I can make him happy simply by not taking any of his time, but by reading his book and then making a video about it and helping to spread the word about it, because I think it's worth spreading the word about it, what ends up happening? I get his time. I may not have asked for it or, or talked to him directly, and I'm totally fine with that. Because you know what? If I want to know anything from Gary, I can absolutely freaking guarantee you there's a blog post or a video about it out there because <laughs> he makes content like a fiend. So I ended up getting his time because one of the few videos ever that he watches is one that I made. 
And so I know that that's me stroking his ego and I talked about his book, but the bottom line is that's what he wanted. So I think you really have to think everything comes back to what makes people smile. What makes Gary smile? Don't ask for his time and do something that he'd actually care about. And that's what I did for jab, 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 right hook. And you know, then he's tweeting me asking me, Hey, are you going to review the book? Hey, will you do a Twitter storm? Hey, will you do this? Will you do that? And it's just like, okay, cool. Cause when you do the work when you do something that people actually want, and this is just marketing, this is just marketing. What makes your customer smile? What makes them happy? What makes them feel fulfilled that they actually got what they wanted when they were searching for something on t on the internet and found you, what makes them smile? And when you figure that out, it's really, really cool. It's really cool because then they're hooked on you. And that's really what being an authority is. It, it's been a pretty good week. And I think it's just fun when people discover you because you made them smile. So I really think, um, I challenge you guys to start thinking about it that way because as easy as it is to say, talk to your customer, talk to them. They want to be talked to. I mean, think about the people that have depressing content, like, if people that work in a funeral home, how are you going to make someone smile? That's hard. But when you do, how cool can that be that you may have created a customer, an unfortunate transaction, but still a customer. So yeah, I don't know. I think that honestly, like if anything, I think I've learned something I've known for a really long time this week. And it's that I just wanted to make people happy. That's all for today's socials. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it as always. Remember to take your authority action. And that is to say what you want people to do. Just get it out there. Build your authority right now by taking that step. Let me know if you did. Send me a tweet with the hashtag social authority. The link is in the description. Also, thank you to our sponsor, AWeber. Make sure you go to SavvySexySocial.com slash AWeber for your 60-day free trial. And of course, social authority membership group. Please let me know what you think of the show in a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast player. I want to know what you think. And until next time, thanks for listening. I'm Amy Schmidauer. I'll see you at the top.